0: I'm Aaron, that's Will. We are bringing you the passion, tradition, and drama of college football to listeners down under, because we fucking love college football.
1: They hand it off to Johnson for-
0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp. As always, I'm joined by Will, the wedding singer, Mjerdin. How's it going today, Will? It's good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I've, You know, it's. It, we had a nice weekend of championship football, but it is our second last show for the year.
1: Yes, the penultimate episode for us. Penultimate,
0: yes. So, uh, again... Heading over to the motherland, back to England uh, in under two weeks now, actually, which would be good.
1: Coming around quick,
0: yeah, but it'll be cold and wet and
1: heaps cold.
0: oh but anyway, uh, it'd be good to good to get back there. But disappointing from Aaron because I probably won't watch as much football as I would like. I'm gonna have to catch up when I get back. English Jess probably won't be thrilled that. I'll go and see her parents for the first time in like 12 months, and then I'm just sitting there watching football.
1: She can deal. Uh, can nah, she? You don't reckon?
0: No, I don't yeah, reckon. I
1: reckon you're in a bit of trouble there, too.
0: So I'm going to have to do my catching up after. Uh, the other slight gripe I have before we get into college football for the championship weekend and get into all the games and some really entertaining games and all the results and now the potential bowl matchups is I have a gripe. Okay, here we go. Went to the cinema the other day.
1: The cinema? Yes. Nice one.
0: Went and saw the new Harry Potter Grindelwald, Grindelwald sort of movie that they got going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a kid's film. Uh, Is this with school? Were you taking children? Uh,
0: let's push on. Okay. Let's not get this caught up in...
1: This by choice.
0: <sighs> yes, this okay. was by choice. You will watch it at some point as well. Yeah, so.
1: but I watch a lot of movies. Yeah,
0: so. I know. That. Anyway, point being... The timeline didn't fit. So I I've, I've got this real issue around timelines and them being uh like cr- they, they need to make sense. You can't be jumping around the place and bringing in different characters and all this sort of stuff. So it, what's the issue here? Uh that that annoys me for one.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, uh, but like give me some detail. I'm not huge okay, so, on the old Harry Potter. Well, I don't world. want to
0: give it away for people that haven't seen it yet, but Professor McGonagall may show her head in this movie and this like is like the actress? No, as in... The character. The character. Okay. Uh, and she's currently a teacher at Hogwarts in the movie. And the movie is pre-World War Two, like 1929. Uh, and she's in it as a young lady. Now, that would make it if the movie is in roughly the late 90s, I think it's set. You know, that means that there's 70 years between then and now. She's 20 in the movie. She would be like well into her 90s or even older.
1: Magic, dude.
0: Oh, that's not how it works. That's not even my gripe How is that one. not how it works? That, I have
1: dragons and shit. That's got to be how it works.
0: Uh, that is not even my number one gripe. My number one gripe is that I went to the movies and you look at, you know, when you're walking down like the hallway as before you get into the cinema and it's got like all the posters of all the current movies that are on. Yes. Not one of them is original. Every single movie at the moment is a superhero movie, a rip-off of a superhero movie, a remake of a superhero movie, or some kind of remake of something else. Even the new Lion King movie is still the Lion King. No one is making anything new anymore, and it just grinds my gears.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm... You don't feel the same? You, like, you're like you a big movie guy, I'm not really. Yeah, but- I am,
1: but one thing having a child does to you is really hurts your ability to get out to the cinema. Okay. A lot harder, because you can't take the little one along. That's against the rules, apparently. <laughs> so I, uh, I don't get out as much as I'd like to, so I haven't seen nearly as many movies at the cinema anyway, so I don't know. I, I, have, I haven't had a good look because I haven't had the opportunity. You might be right. A lot of superhero movies. I don't mind them from time to time, but...
0: But it's relentless. They've got, like, Aquaman coming out now. That's going to be terrible. That'll be good. It'll be I shit. I love me some
1: Jason Moa Moa.
0: Oh, it's going to be so bad. Who's that? Is he from, like, Game of Thrones? Uh, he was, yeah, dude, Rhodes, right.
1: Originally, Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, but
0: was he the dude that was just reaming yes. Daenerys? Yes, yeah, yeah. that is the that only is. reason that fourteen-year-old boys would watch the show. The only reason you were watching it, apparently. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, a couple of new, uh, a couple of bits of news before we you say
1: nude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you've just thrown me here. I'm just thinking of. Yeah, I know what you're thinking of. <laughs> All right, before we get into uh, this week's games. Firstly, some coaching news. Although it is a continual carousel this time of year as those teams that aren't playing in bowl games shuffle around and and coaches move around. uh, Like, for example, Utah State's entire staff are moving on. Uh, But a couple of quick ones. Paul Johnson's retired. One of the old names in college football runs the triple option at Georgia Tech, and that may be the end of the triple option in Power 5 football. He is hoping... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not a fan of the triple option. Uh so that could be done, but he's had a a very impressive career, not potentially as impressive as Bill Snyder who has retired from Kansas State. The stadium there is already named after him and he's turned that program around that was a a really really bad program at the time and and turned them into, you know, some really quality teams, did some good stuff in bowl games and and things like that.
1: If I had 50 years to do something, I'd like to back myself in to eventually get the job done too.
0: A lot don't though, do they? I mean, A lot don't. No,
1: no, it's easy to talk... Shit on the old man, but he has done an incredible job, you're right. He's a legend in Manhattan and will go down as one of the all-time greats in all of college football, I think.
0: No doubt. So, well done to those two guys. Uh, And again, there'll be more movement around uh, coaching names and and things like that as the off-season progresses. Although, like we said, it still appears that there's no big program that's opening up. Although, apparently the boosters are starting to scratch some money together there in uh, Auburn. But, rumours only, but we'll see how we go.
1: Yeah, Matt Wells went to Texas Tech. Yes. Love that hire. That's a good one. That's right out of my younger guy, going after it style. So, that's a good one for them. And Cliff Kingsbury. Looks like he's found a new home.
0: Yeah, very quickly.
1: Yeah, so conflicting reports, but looks like he has signed on to be the offensive coordinator at USC. I
0: thought that was a done deal.
1: Yeah, I have also read afterwards that not maybe not maybe not so much done deal because he had I reckon the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, t- were sniffing around as well. So I think that's a great match up there. He's a Hollywood guy. It, yeah, it, it just feels right. Yeah. Uh, I know they have a proud history of running backs at USC and the Air Raid's not so friendly towards the running game, but I think he's going to do great things there and and that's going to be awesome for them.
0: And it'll be interesting to see is this is probably the time that one of the big recruiting powers is going to go to that Air Raid, but providing they do it like full noise and they sell out and and go 100% commit to the Air Raid. And if they do that, no other... Ball Club really has done that before in terms of being one of these superpowers. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get those four- and five-star guys, and if it if it is a gimmicky offense, it's going to be found out. But if it is one of those ones where they're like, you know what, if if Washington State had these amazing athletes, they would never lose. Well, we'll actually get to see if that's the case or not.
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure it will be full-on air raid. I think he'll probably turn it back, back a bit. There will be a lot of other... Uh, different formations and styles brought into it. It's it's just the the nature of the thing. I mean, even Alabama, who were you know a pro style offense, have gone very much more airing it out
0: to the spread. Yeah,
1: correct. And I see it to be somewhat similar to that. I guess I I just think it'll be a lot better than what they were running this year, at least, anyways.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. So it's interesting though that like the the purists to some of those systems will say that the air like you can't dabble you've kind of got to go all in. Uh, so it would be interesting to see how they meld it and, and create it their own and if they, hopefully they get good at something rather than getting a little bit of everything and end up being kind of jack-of-all-trades but can't really execute at anything.
1: Okay, let's stop uh, fucking around here yeah, and okay. really get into what everyone should be dialed into at this time of year. Now, th- we have the four. They're set. They are. They're done. Yes. It's in. So it's been a, a long road to this point, but no huge surprises. Probably played out as expected, at least in the Power Five over the weekend. And as a result, Alabama have knocked Georgia out of the four, and Oklahoma have taken that spot.
0: Now, what are your thoughts on this? Because Herbie, Kirk Herbstreit on ESPN, was saying that after Georgia's loss to Alabama in the SEC Championship game, he said that Georgia should actually move up. And go to number three, Alabama drops to number four. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts around... What?
1: Alabama drops to four after Sorry, sorry, check them. that, check that. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, drops, Dame to drops to four. So okay.
0: Alabama stays one. Uh, Clemson would stay two. Georgia three. Notre Dame four. Now that obviously hasn't happened, but that's what he was suggesting uh, because he's saying they're the four best teams. And conference champions be damned, you are the four best teams you
1: go into the playoffs. See, I, I hate that. And I've been reading it a lot too today. So ever since that's come out, there's been a lot of, it seems like Georgia are the unlucky ones, not Ohio State. I thought it was going to be the Oklahoma-Ohio State battle, but it's Oklahoma-Georgia. Georgia are the ones that people are saying they're the fourth best team they should be in. Yes, they played well, but they shut the bed. They had Alabama right where they needed them. They'd knocked their starting quarterback out of the game and couldn't get the job done. That's it. You had your shot. What people say they've got such a better record because they beat Florida and they beat Kentucky, where Oklahoma only beat the likes of Texas and Iowa State. That's just that is plain SEC bias. That bullshit. Like, there's there's just an assumption that those teams are better than the Big Twelve teams this year. Let's see them play it out. Like, that's not a done deal. Definitely not this year. And it it pisses me off to think that. Like, I I don't like Oklahoma, but they are definitely the team that needs to be in in this position because we need to see it played out in the field not hypothetically thinking the sec is better
0: i mean yeah i don't disagree you're quite impassioned about this i haven't seen you oh. speak so convincingly uh for a long time it
1: will, but imagine if they had to put georgia in like what a sh- uh, farce that would have been
0: well the system screwed then if that's the case and you're completely disregarding the championship games. And if that's the case, then why have them? People won't play them then. That's what you're effectively moving towards is not have these conference champions because they're not worth it's not doesn't hold any value anymore.
1: Exactly right. And I mean people were talking up Georgia's uh, non-conference slate. They played Georgia Tech who are a... meh. Exactly right. And Middle Tennessee because they're going bowling. A group of five teams like that that don't impress me much. Yeah. like take on Texas and blow them out during the season then yeah makes sense yeah. I've, I've got something to compare it against but you just don't have it and I think to straight dismiss a uh, one loss conference champion who's then gone and uh, beaten that team that they lost to is ridiculous
0: yeah I mean Oklahoma have beaten everyone on their schedule
1: Correct. And whilst they've given up a few points, no one is more dangerous offensively than Oklahoma this year, except maybe Alabama. And give them their shot. Give them their shot at that historic defense. Yeah,
0: and I would hate to see Georgia lose to a team there and then another team miss out on having their shot. Like, you had your shot, you blew it for the second straight year to a backup quarterback. You know, you had an opportunity, you're out in front, and then in the second half, you couldn't move the ball offensively.
1: You, you, That's on you. Correct, 100%. And that's what it boils down to. You had a shot to do it, to to get in. And, yeah, I mean, if they had have won that, then I would have been okay with Alabama staying in and then having two SEC teams because I think Bama have been that good this year that if they that would be the best loss, I'm all right with that. But in this case, they had a shot, they lost, so... That's that. Uh, UCF got to eight. Yeah. I I still think that system
0: is broken. You go undefeated for two straight years and you don't even get a shot at it. To me, you have convinced me this year that we need to go to eight and I would believe that.
1: Mm. Well, they're they're talking about six. And like I'm thinking about, so six in the first two get like a, a week off. So like the NFL. Yeah. 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 Except obviously only one half of that. Yeah. 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 Sorry. But yeah, like... And looking at that, I don't hate that. I I still feel like having UCF miss out this year at eight in a six-team comp doesn't feel right. They they should get a shot. Yeah. I, you, you go your five conference champions and then, I mean, it's tough to argue UCF over Georgia. I don't know. But Give yeah, us the eight. I, Give us the eight. I
0: don't know. The only thing is this year with eight, who's going in there as the other teams? Because... We've talked about it, that this kind of upper middle class in college football this year has been really, really down. I think you can say the top six, yes, plus UCF.
1: Yeah, and then Michigan. Michigan, a good team. They had a bad loss uh, against a good team who's also missing out in Ohio State on the road. Yeah. But, like, they're deserved. They're a good football team. They're not going to get embarrassed again, I wouldn't have thought.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I've always liked that about college football, that it is ruthless, and it still is. and I I suppose... you, you, You probably... Dulling that a fraction. And... In
1: in mine, you take Washington.
0: Yeah, actually. As a Pac-12 chair. Well, they But they would go in anyway.
1: That, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. In the eight, though. Yeah, in the eight. Well, they're not in the eight now, so they finish nine. They finish yeah, the yeah but you nine, take but...
0: those five, plus yep. UCF is six. Yep. Michigan, seven.
1: Uh, I wouldn't have Michigan. They would miss out. You would and have you Georgia, Georgia, Ohio State, UCF. Michigan okay. would be the one to miss out. But that feels, that feels right. Okay. I like that.
0: Yeah, I still think you've got a couple of teams there that did have a chance and they and they didn't get it done. And it is a bit harsh because you can't play up every single week. And that's just the reality of it. And we've seen that in every conference this year. And, yeah, so while I, I, like, I like the eight-team playoff if there's eight genuine competitors, but when there's not, like, I feel like there's not this year. I, I don't feel Georgia deserve to be there now. Even though, after watching on the weekend, they may be the second-best team in the country, and I, I just don't think Michigan should be there. I don't think Washington should be there. I think they had their chance, and the Pac-12's not very good.
1: Yeah, uh, but we're saying that. Let's let's find it out.
0: Yeah, I guess. Okay, let's move on. Now, you, tips for the weekend. I picked all the Power Five correctly. Oh, well done. Thank
1: you. All double-digit favourites.
0: <laughs> yes. Archie Washington was not. No? So they're Must only five-point favourites. So. um that was an awesome game, though, with Ugh. no offensive touchdowns. Uh, I missed. I thought Buffalo were going to win, and they led the whole way, and then didn't. Uh, App State got home a little bit less convincingly than I thought they would. UAB I picked. You did in Will. You did, yeah. Uh, Memphis I picked to beat UCF, and they are in a winning position all game, and then lost by over two scores. Oh, it got ugly late. They just couldn't make a stop. Um, and then Boise in the snow. That was gross, and they had their opportunities to win that as well. I think they missed an extra point, and they uh, missed a field goal as well, and then losing overtime.
1: Yeah, and that was brutal too. I mean, that was like hammering down with rain to start the game, and then it just turned to snow, and it was a blue and white field.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, do we want to sort of start there then? I don't know if you want to start with, or do we run this thing in order?
1: Uh, Up to you, whatever you've. Well, let's quickly
0: let's quickly just touch on that Boise State game. Uh, So Boise State go down to Fresno State, 16 to 19. Now Fresno have never beaten Boise on the Smurf turf, Um, and so that was an impressive turnaround. That those two teams have played in the last four Mountain West championship games, I think at least three. Or no, that might have been the fourth this year. Uh, And in the snow, it meant that conditions weren't ideal for for either team. And it was just kind of who can make the least amount of mistakes almost. They were really sort of treading water to get to overtime. Fresno State really started to move the ball far better in the last quarter. And, And then when Boise had an opportunity, I thought they were going to set it up to go for it on fourth down in their first overtime. They kicked the field goal, which was okay. But Fresno had just been moving it too well. They complete that. Uh, pass down to the tight end and then it was all too easy to to uh, run it in from there and and fresno get the win credit to them and um tedford and his coaching staff there at fresno state so well done to them on winning the mountain west
1: yeah no definitely i was quite impressed with that one i thought with the conditions being the way that they were it set up beautifully for boise state they've got that alexander madison uh, at running back, and we ran the
0: ball like a gazillion times, forty times. Yeah, yeah,
1: two hundred yards too. So yeah. I mean, it's only five yards per, which is pretty pedestrian, but two hundred yards is huge. So yeah, he is their main weapon. Even though they do have a a, a bit of a gunslinger in Brett Ripon, that quarterback. Yeah, he is their go-to. That was who they wanted to establish. They did, still couldn't get the job done. So well done, Fresno. They're much more of a, a passing spread team. And we're able to battle the conditions and come away with a victory. Yeah,
0: well done, them. All right, let's move to quickly conference USA. We talked about it. UAB downs Middle Tennessee, twenty-seven to twenty-five. They get the comeback win after only putting up three points the week before, and you know a, a total less than a hundred yards combined last week. And they come back and turn that thing around and get the win uh, again. That program only two years removed from not existing, so well done to UAB and the Blazers.
1: Yeah, how do you win your conference championship completing nine passes? Just run the ball, dude. Yeah, and and that they did, so they they went heavy on the run. Spencer Brown, 31 carries, 150-odd yards. Uh, I didn't see this one coming after the result in the week previous. Uh, I thought Middle Tennessee would be good enough, but UAB have had a hell of a year, and that's double-digit victories for this program, so... Massive congratulations for them um, to, to be able to achieve that from where they've come from.
0: They'll get not a great bowl game, but it'll be a, as high as probably a Conference USA team will get. And we'll talk more about those on Wednesday. All right, let's head across to the MAC. Some Maction. Buffalo and NIU. This was almost outside of the Georgia-Alabama game. This is probably the most entertaining game, one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. Uh, now, Buffalo. I've got the tallest quarterback in on the field. sits at six foot seven, giant dude. And he, you reckon, uh, Tua's got a big arm, but he has an absolute weapon. What? Uh, yeah, he has a cannon of an arm.
1: There you go. Massive. What class is he? Are they talking about him as a pro prospect? Yeah, they
0: are. There is that danger. I I remember when uh, uh, Brock Osweiler came out. And there was real concern around uh, the ability to for big quarterbacks to make it at the next level. And he is in that gigantic category. Which yeah, so he they'
1: got himself not. like an $80 million contract.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. But yeah, Tyree Jackson has an absolute cannon. I don't know if he can throw the change up. He seems to just launch them a lot. Love that. <laughs> so um, he did some good stuff. Uh, so well done to him. But then uh, NIU kind of started making their way back in the game. Buffalo had back-to-back 94-yard touchdowns and looked like they were in complete control. We talked about this NIU defense. It was the number one defense in the MAC, and they looked really, really pedestrian. Um, and there were just two wide receivers dueling it out. But as they entered the last phase of the game into the end of the third quarter, um, Brad, Brad Childers? No, not Brad Childers. He's the uh, ex-Marcus Marcus. Childers. Uh, Brad Childers, the former, like, uh, Minnesota Vikings coach? Anyway, oh that's Childress. Anyway, let's push on. <laughs> Jesus, I'm all over the shop here. I need to sleep more. Um, Then NIU defense sort of started to take over there. That tweener they've got at that kind of stand-up rush end, Sutton Smith started stifling that Bulls offense. And all of a sudden, they had a game. NIU scored three unanswered touchdowns. And that was on the back of that quarterback play from... Uh, Marcus Childers who you had a few doubts about heading into the game I did
1: yeah I had massive doubts and probably got stuck into him a fair bit in the lead up to this one and then he's just shown me he had quite the game so he went what 21 to 33 for 300 yards and 4 touchdowns so probably the difference in the end in this one Uh, did a bit with his legs too so really stuck it to me obviously a big listener of the show and didn't appreciate me talking shit about him so
0: and fair enough
1: yeah Power to you, brother.
0: So good job to the Huskies. I didn't pick them to to win that one, but they have won three out of the last four in the MAC. Maybe, um, so they're going pretty well up there. So word well on to those guys. All right, uh, last game or not? sorry, not last game, but into across to the Sun Belt before we get to the American. The Sun Belt, Louisiana and App State. App State win that one, thirty to nineteen. So they get over the line by eleven points. Uh, the line was at about seventeen and a half. We talked we kind of talked and although a little bit sporadically about college football now being a touchdown league touchdown competition you've got to score touchdowns to win the game. Louisiana couldn't do that. they kicked four field goals and while App State was scoring touchdowns, they just kept stalling out uh, and they just couldn't get from that scoring position into the end zone. So unfortunate for them. They probably actually played a little bit better at times offensively. Both teams just dominated on the ground, uh, and it just felt like it, a bunch of teams, again, were trying not to make mistakes.
1: Yeah, uh, congratulations to App State. They're another one of those programs who have done really well of late, uh, having come up from FCS and, and now playing Div 1 football uh consistently around the mark have been a, a pretty good team for a while. So, you know, they've done well to take out another Sun Belt Conference football championship.
0: Yeah. Well done to the Mountaineers. Okay. Into the American. Now, Oh, Memphis got up big early against UCF. Uh, UCF do come back and win this one 56 to 41, but that scoreline doesn't exactly tell the whole story. Uh, Daryl Henderson went bananas and had, what, 200 yards at half... No, over 150 yards at halftime. He was crushing it. He had a massive game for the Tigers.
1: He threw a touchdown.
0: He threw a touchdown. He had two touchdowns in the first four minutes when uh, Daryl Mack, the standing quarterback for Mackenzie Milton, fumbled, which he did three times in the opening half. Uh, And it appeared like Memphis were going to... Not run away with it, but they were certainly in control. Uh, you know, they scored 24 points in the first quarter, and I thought, oh, gee, they're looking pretty good here. They're up pretty, pretty big at at the half. But UCF just started to take a little bit more control defensively into the second half, and I thought Memphis could make some plays up the middle, and we talked about that, uh, and they did. They ran the ball well early on, uh, but eventually, you know, Randy Shannon and that defensive stuff at UCF made their adjustments that they had to make. They shut down that Memphis running game, and unfortunately in the second half, they had two red zone entries for the Tigers and only came away with three points, and and that was when things started to get a little bit worrying. Daryl Mack played a really, really good good job, uh, played a really good game, sorry, in place of Mackenzie Milton.
1: He sure did. It was almost like one of us had said, where one team had a hell of a lot more on the line to play for down the stretch and were able to get it done. I had nothing to do with it. And now they're only one win away from another national championship. So, yeah, well,
0: and they'll definitely claim this again.
1: Oh, for sure. If They'll play LSU and beat them.
0: Yeah. Um, but, I yeah,
1: mean- I mean, Daryl Mack was incredible. I yeah. Think for him to step in as the backup, who's had very little playing experience... And then put a couple of balls on the ground, be a bit shaky. Well, you t-
0: fumbled one into the end zone that got recovered by a tight end or something. I was like, gee, they are living dangerously here.
1: Get your, your team in a massive hole early on. And then to just turn around, put the team on your back and really just have your way through the second half is an incredible effort. So roll on Golden Knights. I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and like you said, he did have a fantastic second half. They scored on every single one of their second half pos, um, possessions, which is going to put you in good shape. Something that would normally put you in good shape is that Memphis were plus three in the turnover dish differential. That gives you a 90% chance of winning a game at the college football level.
1: Man, imagine picking the wrong side of that one.
0: You're a dick. Yes. <laughs> um, so a disappointing finish for the Memphis Tigers, but they'll bounce back. I think it just comes down to the fact that UCF are just better. they just got more talented players.
1: Um, coaching staff as well, man. Coaching staff, yeah. The, I mean, the way that they were able to turn that game around, part of that is talent, but a huge part of it is coaching. When, when you can see those sorts of adjustments made, they saw what Memphis were giving them and, you know, took advantage of it, so... A lot of respect for that UCF uh, coaching team. I think they're only building themselves up for bigger and better things. People. Yep.
0: All right, let's get into the Power 5 now. So, Washington in the Pac-12 took on Utah on Saturday. I got to snooze my way through this game, which was great. I actually didn't hate it, to tell you the truth. Although the scoreline reads 10-3 to 3 in favor of the Huskies. Uh, I didn't hate the game, I don't think, uh, with... So much scoring going on, just one defensive game every three or four weeks, just to keep you in check, is sometimes a little bit nice. Nah, boring. Yeah, you would say that. Jake Browning continued to scare the heck out of me. I know he's got all these records and all these accolades that he just seems to rack up, but his decision-making early in that game was horrific. So He could have had two picks in the first quarter. He eventually did get one picked off, but that wasn't his fault. Um, Utah couldn't do anything offensively. They had 61 offensive yards in the first half. They were continually getting themselves into third and long and relying on uh, redshirt freshman uh, quarterback in place of Tyler Huntley to come in and and trying to convert these third and longs. Just not a good idea against a Washington defense whose secondary is so, so good. Uh, Eventually, Utah started moving the ball offensively, um, but and it was an unlucky play that resulted in the only touchdown of the game, which was that pick six.
1: Yeah, and that was kind of what we'd, we both said going into it, that Washington's defense is probably going to be the difference here. Uh, Jason Shelley, the yeah the quarterback you mentioned, really struggled, and it's kind of a season of what could have been, I guess, for Utah, because if they had Huntley in that position, I'm thinking that they're scoring more than three points. And that's probably enough to get the job done in this one, so they'd be bitterly disappointed with that. But as I alluded to in last week's episode, I think this program's in good stead. I think they're sitting quite well at the moment, have got uh, a good coaching staff, a good young playing squad, and are poised to really stay at the top of the Pac-12 uh, in the immediate future.
0: Yeah, and it'll be good to get Zach Moss back. And like you said, Kyle Whittingham's done a fantastic job. He's been there for a long time now, uh, but a bit of stability. And I think we see coaches get thrown in and out really quickly, but a bit of stability can help. Now, Washington get uh, a reasonable bowl game on the back of that. Uh, yeah, they could the ro- go to the Rose Bowl. Is that
1: right? I believe so. A yeah, they'll team? play Ohio State.
0: Yeah which is a high-powered offense and a very, very good Husky defense. So, I will enjoy watching that one three weeks after it happens. Yeah. Yay! But that should be a fantastic game. And well done to Washington. They're probably a little bit maligned this year, and especially after their early season loss to uh, Auburn. And then didn't really feel like they were ever in the conversation again in terms of national standings and the fact that the Pac-12 kept beating each other up. They've done a good job to come home and win that one. Sure have. All right, let's go to Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma get out of this one and cover, actually, 39-27. to 27. Uh, Probably the, the big play in this one was Sam Ellinger had the ball, three points down, about five minutes left in the game. Uh, Oklahoma, who can't play defense most of the time, call a corner blitz. Or a safety blitz uh, from the boundary. Sam Ellinger d- doesn't see it coming at all. He concedes a safety after getting walloped. Uh, Texas punt, then uh, forced to punt the ball back to Oklahoma. They got marched down the field and then score, and they go from three points down with the ball to you know conceding a safety and a touchdown uh, as well. So kind of the it looks more blown out than it than it perhaps really was. Um, but Kyle Amari was fantastic again. This Oklahoma offense continues to march along and it's they avenge that loss from earlier in the season and it's really only uh, their defense, which obviously still has got a lot of question marks, but 27 points to Texas and the fact that they seem to make enough plays in the big moments.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. They do come up when needed and, and that's a handy little trait to have. So this was a, a big a big Big 12 uh, matchup and it's the reason that the Big 12 brought the championship game back because I think without that if Oklahoma uh, had only won the title based off of the victories that they had and didn't get this opportunity it's a good chance that they wouldn't have made it through to the playoff
0: they would have got jumped I feel definitely jumped by Ohio State or Georgia Georgia would have stayed in
1: in. so huge opportunity for them and, and probably smart from the Big 12 to kind of see that has nothing to do with the extra revenue I'm sure they make off of the back of this <laughs> yeah. one. But, you know, congratulations to Oklahoma. They have been the best team in the Big 12 this year, again, unfortunately. So, they were able to get the job done, but Texas couldn't get out of their own way. Mm. Was there it? were a lot of turnovers. In 128 this yards of penalties. Yeah, yeah. Not good. I don't know what your stats were. It was, what, 90% when you've got a turnover margin like that. I don't know what it is when you give up that many penalty yards, but that, that's a killer.
0: Yeah, massively.
1: And in a tight game against a high-powered team, you cannot be giving away free plays. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's a tough one. Uh, horns down.
0: Horns down. Now you, I'll throw a flag, dude. Don't be yeah. horns down.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now we get to see this Oklahoma offense against a truly great defense and that's uh, something that all college football fans should be looking forward to.
0: Now, a quick one. Colin Johnson, who's my breakout player of the year slash all-around guru, he went off for Texas. And Texas, depending on what Oklahoma return at the quarterback position, Sam Ellinger is going to stay in school uh, or he'll be back next year. I don't know about their other guys at this stage. That, I mean, they need to get a running game going for one. But Texas go in favorite for the Big 12 next year. Is that a thing, depending on the where Oklahoma look for their uh, quarterback position? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, but. no,
1: I mean, they'll definitely definitely be up there. They're, they're moving in the right direction. They've got a good young team. If Ellinger's back, he's going to be one of the, the top college football players in you know all of America. So they're in a great spot. Texas uh, will reload. I mean, they're continually bringing in top 10 recruiting classes and and they've got players all across the field. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at that quarterback position, as you mentioned, with Kyler Murray going off to throw balls for the A's. Uh, Yeah, that that will be a huge thing for them, but I'm sure they've got another five-star in the wing somewhere who's going to...
0: And we will be talking about that, of course, more into the offseason and our preseason shows for next year. All right, so well done to Oklahoma. They will now face and test uh, their high-powered offense and Lincoln Riley's really bright offensive mind against Alabama and Nick Saban uh yeah in, it's great it's win-win the
1: orange bowl is that the orange uh bowl? i'm not
0: sure the orange honest. bowl or the cotton bowl but i can't remember which ones which i think they may be the orange bowl but i'm not sure it's either win-
1: it's win-win for me because they they have a good showing and then it shows you know strengthen the big 12 and and i'll be happy with that even if it is Oklahoma getting the job done or they get blown out and i get to watch oklahoma get blown out so. which
0: i th- i mean they're going in as double digit Underdogs at this stage. So the year will Clemson
1: on. for Christ's sake. Yeah, I
0: know. I know. Uh, okay, let's move on to that Alabama Georgia game, the SEC championship game. Wow. Uh, Georgia, for the second year in a row, have done everything right. Everything right. Jake Fromm had a fantastic game, uh, but unfortunately, they go down 35 to 28 and they lose to a backup quarterback who was the starter, but is now the backup. And last year they lost to the backup, who's now the
1: starter. Yeah, pretty handy backups. It's yeah, probably oh. not a fair one to throw at him because you throw either of those boys at any other team and yeah. they're going to be killing it. One is the best player in college football this year. So, a B- bit of a harsh one. But, I mean, when you say they've done everything right, not fake punts. They haven't oh, done that right. Oh,
0: my... What was that?
1: It was terrible, wasn't it?
0: The Justin Fields thing just doesn't look right. They bring him in as this kind of change-up and they've got clearly got a little package for him that they can run a lot of plays and it's pretty run-heavy and it just doesn't do anything to phase the Alabama the Alabama, defense at all. Now, they did bring him on for this fake punt and put him as the up-back. They direct snap to him and I don't even know what the play call was because Alabama just had a
1: base, base defense yeah. called.
0: Like... You, they just gotta check, for it. you just got to check out and punt at that stage, correct. and you know, and then you pin them deep, and they've all of a sudden got to go ninety-five yards on a defense that had played mostly really, really well. I didn't understand that play call. I think that's and it was like fourth and eleven. It's not like it was yeah, fourth and four correct. or you're something on. like. It I'm was, all for
1: the call, but you need to have that situational awareness. So you dial it in. But if you see that if they're in that base defense, they're not coming after it. You're not gonna have that. Element of surprise. If you're going to run it, just line up a play for 11 yards. Yeah, too. Like, exactly. D- don't try something gimmicky because it's not going to work if they're dialed into it.
0: And I don't even know what the play call was because it didn't look good. No, like yeah. Justin Fields looked he like he was going to take around, off to run. He's like, I'm then, in trouble early here. yeah. So I think it was a pass play down the field, but it just it was broken from the start. And uh, I
1: mean, credit to Alabama for being on the on the ball there. A, a lot of teams wouldn't be. They they would be so dialed into the game, emotions running so high that, it not that program. They they are elite at every level, and they weren't having it.
0: Exactly. Now, if we if we just wind the clock back to the start of the game, I thought Alabama offensively looked so rattled early in the game. Tua took a terrible sack on like second down uh, early in the game. Then he threw a soft, slow ball over the middle that got picked by Richard LeCount, and then... Had you a know, few
1: drops as well. Irv Smith, yeah. that
0: tight end, dropped one down the seam, and he was wide open. I, I just They looked completely rattled. They didn't look that clinical machine that I was expecting them, uh, which was good. I thought the commentator, I can't remember who the commentator was, but made a really good comment, and he said that it looked like Tua was trying to win the game out on every play. It looked like he was trying to hit the home run, and he's used to be able to do that, and you can't do it against Georgia. Georgia's defense... Uh, Led by DeAndre Baker, DeAndre Walker uh, did uh, a fantastic job uh, and they do a really good job on that
1: back end. Well, like we said in the lead up to this, the talent gap that they've had in every game they've played this year is not the same against Georgia. It's a hell of a lot closer and there's a lot of spots where Georgia have the advantage. So that really showed and you could see that Bam were a bit rattled.
0: Yeah, they were. And, and it. It not only came across in their execution, but in their just mental mistakes. They were, you know, getting false starts. They had guys lined up incorrectly, substitution errors, and things like this. Uh, that were that were creating issues, and you just don't see that out of an Alabama team. And maybe that is a result of not playing in a in a not a not meaningful game. They've played in meaningful games, but they haven't played it in close games. Yeah. And you know you can't replicate that environment at training as much as you want to. You just can't do it. So when when you get in those crunch moments, can you mentally stay clear in your mind? And they didn't do that. They. The thing that scares me horribly is that they played pretty poorly. Two or through two picks. Uh, they had a lot of those mental mistakes. And they still won with a backup quarterback. And I'm really concerned because that's not going to happen again. No. You're not going to get another game. like That was the chance. Like I said, you'd get a chance against Alabama at some stage. I think that was it. And you're not probably going to get it again. They're not going to play with so many
1: mistakes. Um, I think you're right. And I think it just shows to the greatness of this team that they have that depth, even at the quarterback position, that they can have someone come in and play as well as they did in Jalen Hurts down the stretch what he did was nothing short of incredible. Mm. And to come in, what do you go, like seven of nine.
0: Two up, drives, two touchdowns. Running
1: the ball in himself on, on that last like one. there. like he got knocked out cold on the yeah, tackle Yeah, it was, as well. it was, was a like, weird Whoa. one because he really just kind of like stopped. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like soft, power like, forward. Like, yeah, he just went limp <laughs> and got like tackled around there. And, <laughs> and like salmoned his way into the... Yeah, he
0: did. I was like, he's out cold there. Yeah. Nah, he's just up celebrating. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Loving it. Doing the Superman. So... Good for him. Uh, yeah. You're right. I think that's that was the shot. Uh, I mean, they're beatable.
0: Yeah, they are beatable. Yep. And I think Tua... Uh, I think you'd actually prefer to play Tua than Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is more limited... Um, but literally, if we look at it, Tua's had, what, one big game and he played the second half and it was all just freshman. And I'm not saying, is a, a better player. I'm not arguing He, he that. had
1: a pretty big game in last year's national championship. For like, a half. On the, on the flip side.
0: For a half. Yeah. And it
1: was He's going to win the Heisman those... this year.
0: No, he's not. Dwayne Haskins will win it now after that game on the weekend.
1: Okay. What a bet.
0: <laughs> no. Um, but I think that you would, I feel like you can rattle Tua I mean, I don't know if you're going to do it again, but George's defense route him, he looked average. Yeah, He couldn't run the ball.
1: But it's the um, only time this year, and his ankle was screwed. He's, yeah, had, he's that, had surgery. That, well,
0: that's another reason that you want to play him as well, is that his ankle is going to be gammy. And...
1: He's all right. He's had the surgery. He might not get up. Who knows?
0: <laughs> You'll
1: be happy about that. Who in knows? In a weird way. We can have to talk about it. But, I don't know. You you can't not... Uh, have him as the better quarterback. He's been the best player in
0: all of college football. I'm not arguing with that. All I'm saying is that I reckon you'd rather play him because he looks vulnerable. Jalen Hurts just looks calm and cool. He may be limited in terms of what he can For actually execute. Eh, I don't know. I still... I'm not saying don't start to him. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, to Jake from I thought he had a fantastic game. The Georgia offensive staff put together a fantastic game plan. Uh... They ran a lot of those tight sets. They leaked out backs and tight ends matched on safeties and linebackers. And those Alabama uh, guys were forced to cover in a little bit of space. And they really, really struggled to do that. And I thought, if you go back and watch the film on this, you're going to see some really good play calling. You're going to see some really good play design. uh, That, you know, yeah, they didn't get the ball on those key downs to their, you know, Riley Ridley's necessarily or their Mirko Hardmans. But. Uh, they managed to get the ball in the hands of the guys in the most space. Jake Fromm did a fantastic job of reading that defense um, and and passing around those, blitz, those blitzing guys when they came. I thought initially Georgia's offensive line may have been the MVP of the game.
1: Well, if there's anyone who knows what Nick Saban likes to do, it's going to be Kirby Smart. Well, yeah, of course. So that's a massive advantage, and it, it can't be overlooked. And it's probably something we should have talked about before the game is that Kirby Smart has had a good record against Alabama. They don't have the wins, but they have these tight tussles because he knows exactly how he prepares for these sorts of games. And that's a huge advantage to have that insight, to understand what they'd be focusing in on so you can kind of you know, double bluff and, and get around that and know exactly what he likes to do and take that away. And as much film study and whatnot that they would do, having that intimate inside knowledge would be massive and it shows it it does every time they play
0: yeah for sure uh do they have a bit of a monkey on the back though now georgia they've done it twice in very similar fashion is is this going to stick around now for them are they going to be kind of their i don't think so i I
1: mean they are recruiting at at such an elite level. I think it's... It, yeah, there's... I feel
0: like at that level then it doesn't matter though. Like the mental barrier there for them.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I think they've been catching up. So Alabama have had that historic run of all these number one classes and they were getting the top dudes all the time. Don't get me wrong, they're still getting a lot of that, but it's starting to shift a bit. You, you start to see Georgia have been that number one ranked team. They've been getting the cream of the crop, the absolute difference makers. So... With that turn, I think they're going to have these tight games. I don't think you look into it too much at this stage. If it happens again, then yeah. But it's going to be a new new class of talent for both of these teams because they're going to lose so much to the NFL that I uh, Georgia uh definitely heading in the right direction.
0: The other thing I will point, Nick Saban looked a little choked up after the game. I don't know it if did, you saw he? that with yeah. that interview with Jalen Hurts. Uh, on the on the field after the game and and I've never seen him like that he is robotic normally yeah in my, and even his response to a victory he's never been particularly emotional he's never been he never gets super high he never gets super low uh even even in accepting uh national championships in the past he's been like yep these, it's great, the for these it's great for these guys and we'll move on. Yeah. That's like, well, okay. Yeah. And Whereas a, in this one, it was is. the first kind of emotional sign for him.
1: Yeah. And I think Jalen Hurts has shown so much for the program. He could have walked away. He could have transferred. He could have been, you know, taken his pick of schools where he would have been the star, but he stuck it out and he did that. So I think that does mean a lot. You have to be absolutely completely heartless not to feel something there. So it's nice to know there is something beating inside that chest there.
0: <laughs> and, for every reason, you can hate Nick Saban and hate the Alabama program, usually through jealousy of their success more than anything, uh, but people will find reasons. won't deep dive into too many of them right now, but you can find reasons. You know, It's not like he's got a squeaky clean record by any means, but it was nice to see a human moment from him, and it was nice to see that he clearly does care about his players or particularly cared about Jalen Hurts. and. And that decision that he made, and I know people are wanting to make this into a Disney movie and all that kind of crap. Let's not get carried away here. I mean, come on. But it it was nice to have uh, a a time where Alabama and that that very robotic coach and very robotic factory-like operation they've got there actually has something a little bit more authentic and a little bit more human.
1: Well, at least we know if they did make it into a Disney movie, you would go and see it.
0: Well, at least it'd be something different. (laughs) Although they'd probably turn Jalen Hurts into Superman or something. All right, let's move on. So Alabama go through rank number one. They will face Oklahoma, um, and maybe uh, I don't see it happening, but maybe Oklahoma can mm, challenge them. Um, I don't know. uh, Oklahoma are going to have to score on every (laughs) possession. Most. Most. All right, let's jump across to the ACC. Clemson take on the Pitt Panthers. They win that one 42-10. They were up pretty big early. They scored on their first play from scrimmage with Travis Etienne, who, speaking of teams that are young and going to be good again next year, this Clemson offense uh, could go in as one of the number, would have to be the number one or two offenses in the country next year as they appear outside of Hunter Renfro, who really had no impact in this game and hasn't had too much impact recently uh, as that kind of third-down chain mover that he's known as. They're getting just about everyone back, so they should be fantastic moving forward. But in this game, uh, Pitt never really looked close. It was a muddy, damp, dank afternoon, and Clemson are just far, far better. Kenny Pickett... I think he passed for like eight yards total or something.
1: Four completions for eight yards yeah, and a pick. Tough day. Oh, yuck.
0: Yeah. Um, they were behind the chains. They tried to run the ball, which they had some success with at times. Um, Quadri Oleson and Darren Hall both go over a 1,000 yards for the season, so that's a quite an achievement for those two guys for Pitt. But... When it really counted, they couldn't really run the ball uh, and they were one-dimensional. They became one-dimensional by choice at the start through running the ball. Then they fell behind and were one-dimensional trying to pass the ball to catch up and they just could get nothing going. So uh, they go down to a team that's just far, far better than they are.
1: Yeah, very disappointing year for the ACC in my eyes. I mean, the fact that Clemson are the best is, you know, that's been a known since day dot. But to have no one even challenge them, really. At least last year, Syracuse provided an upset and knocked them off. This year, it's been a cakewalk for them.
0: Syracuse pushed them again this year.
1: Yeah, did they?
0: Yeah, they did, because they were relying on backup quarterback Chase Bryce to come home and beat
1: them. I suppose, but they got it done, and then to have such a piss-poor opponent in the championship. I mean, Pittsburgh in the season, 7-6. and
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: So, not not much credit to, to kind of go from that. Clemson are a very good football team. It's going to be interesting to see how they stack up the next couple of weeks against Notre Dame. I
0: think they do a number on Notre Dame.
1: Okay. And and that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, i got a lot of respect for Notre Dame's defense, but Clemson are a very good football team. I have a man crush on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I don't know if that's all right because he's probably pretty young. Can I even say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah.
0: And he's real goofy looking. Yeah. But I he's mean, it's like... not a
1: physical thing. It's more just like the dude can ball.
0: Yeah. Well, he has got a very crisp release and throws those receivers open. Some of those uh, little, like well, they're kind of like pop fly routes that he was running, just dropping into the slot for T. Higgins uh, and Amari Rogers and those guys on the outside for for Clemson. He's a he's a fantastic quarterback and. Gee, I mean, he's coming out early, obviously, but if you're going to be bad in the NFL, maybe not next year, but the year after, you'll be pretty happy if you're bad that year. Maybe the Giants can get Eli to go around one more time and then pick Trevor Lawrence number one.
1: The way I'm talking sounds like I'm coming out as well.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, well, look at you making a lull.
1: (laughs) One more game to cover here.
0: Okay, so well done to Clemson. They go and play Notre Dame uh, in that one, I believe, is in the Cotton Bowl. All right, the last game is the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State and Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern pretended to be a competitor for one little period there. When after halftime, Ohio State were up forty. Uh, sorry, not forty-five, twenty-four to three at the half. Northwestern, were like, hey, we can do things. Uh, so they did. And then they didn't anymore, and eventually a high state move away late in the game, which we needed to cover. Uh, but Dwayne Haskins is really good. Northwestern just doesn't have the defensive speed on the outside to go with Paris Campbell and Johnny Dixon and the rest of their zippy guys.
1: And the, and as we both alluded to in the preview, they weren't going to have enough offense to get it done. They, they, they scored gonna,
0: more than I thought they would. They, they
1: did. They put up 24 points, but that was never going to be enough points against an Ohio State team that was always going to be running up high 30s, 40s plus. So yep. this one, yeah, another disappointing one, I think from the, the Big Ten in general, I think they were so East heavy this year that this one was always going to be a, a flop. Yeah, a bit that way. And it turned out to be, I was just happy that they did score those points late and, and got us that money, otherwise, it could have been a bit of a harsh day. So, yeah, that uh kept me interested uh down the stretch. But, uh, this Ohio State would be disappointed, you know. They had that one terrible outing, a few ugly games that they won, but it wasn't a terrible outing, it was disgraceful, it was fantastic, it was disgraceful. But that's I mean, that's cost them a perfect season and an opportunity to be playing for more because they have the talent, like Dwayne Haskins is yeah. elite and. Yeah. Dobbins, Weber haven't had the years that they would expect. Yeah, but and
0: you can see why a high state did get rid of Joe Burrow. Yep, like, you, like yeah, he, He's not in the same league as Dwayne Haskins, correct. who went for 499 yards, five touchdowns uh he had a massive day yeah you're stealing
1: months. my have yourself a day sorry probably, sorry yeah. sorry
0: sorry well there's one guy that had himself a day
1: exactly right so where do i go now <laughs> where
0: am i supposed to take this season? talk about john moton for northwestern he had four carries for 76 yards and one touchdown you know his one touchdown run it was 77 a 77 yards. yard
1: touchdown run so the other three not, not so negative good. Negative one yeah, awesome okay.
0: <laughs> i think that's an awesome stat um but well done again to Ohio State. Urban Meyer's got them doing good things. Uh, but like you said, a bit of a disappointing finish in terms of where they're going to end up. You would think if you said at the start of the year a twelve and one Ohio State would they make the college football playoff? You'd probably say yes.
1: If you told me it was Purdue who caused that one, wouldn't have been I a shocker to me.
0: Wouldn't have been a shocker to me. And Brian Brom's staying there. Sorry, Jeff Brom is staying there as well. Indeed, at uh, Purdue. So well done to the Boilermakers and
1: apparently they're paying him a bit of money to do so. Yeah, and your love for that squad can continue on. Exactly, perfect.
0: All right, let's move on. So that takes us through all the games of the Championship Weekend. Uh, So we look ahead to bowl season now. It is time though for Have Yourself a Day.
1: All right, let's get into it. I'll start with the leading passer on the day. <laughs> Who's that, I wonder? <laughs> Man, you have just blown this for me. So, Dwayne Askins, as you mentioned, incredible, incredible day. You want your big players to stand up uh, when there's big games, and he's done that. 34-41 for 499 yards and five touchdowns. He's been doing it all year. They've been explosive on offense, but he is getting the job done. So, well done to him. Kyler Murray, again, definitely opened that question right open about the Heisman. He went 25-34, of 34 for three touchdowns, no interceptions. Efficient as anything, again, has been massive for that program and there's a big reason why they've been ex- as successful as they have been. So, I don't know where you go with that one now. Him and Tua... If Tua had to play all his games, maybe, but because he's missed all that time, and it'll be interesting when you stack up the stats, and and we'll have a look at that a bit in uh, the next episode. But where's
0: your money at at this stage?
1: I think because you've th- got those
0: three guys, and and as much as they probably won't, you know, it, it is a assessed on the whole season, not just on one particular game. But conference games have a massive part to play in that, and Tua fell well short. He did. Whereas Dwayne Haskins came up big and so did uh, kyle, murray. kyle murray
1: yeah no so i i don't know i'm probably still in camp tour but it's definitely raised a lot more questions than i had when i'd given it to him a few weeks back
0: yeah okay uh
1: also having great games uh dariel mac
0: dariel mac yep
1: dariel yeah good what a, what a sweet name yeah uh he as we said Put the team on his back, had 348 yards, two touchdowns. Importantly, no interceptions, even though he was dropping the ball. Left and he ran center.
0: for three? Did he run for three as well? He was
1: busy on the ground.
0: Or two, at least two.
1: Anyway. Yeah, great great game from him. Uh, and then also have to mention Marcus Childers. After right, Sorry,
0: check that. He had four rushing touchdowns. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Marcus Childers at uh, Northern Illinois. After copping a bit of a rise from me, turns around with 300 yards and four touchdowns, and gets the win for the were they Huskies. Yeah, they are Huskies. Yeah. Too many Huskies. All
0: right, I got a couple of defensive guys. Not I've that- got some rushes. Oh, <laughs> I'm just blowing you out. You here.
1: are. Uh, we have Daryl Henderson, <laughs> also mentioned, who had 210 and three touchdowns. Uh, Travis Etienne. 12 carries for 156 yards which is just video game. Uh your boy Colin Johnson ended up eight catches 177 yards out at Texas. CD Lamb at Oklahoma had six for 167 and we also had Anthony Johnson at Buffalo in their losing effort had yeah. seven catches 124 yards and two touchdown catches.
0: He was uh yeah, fantastic in that game. Uh Can I go now? You can, yes. Okay, so I've only got two guys at Memphis. Curtis Atkins uh, had 14 total tackles and one and a half for a loss. Eight of those were solo, uh, which was pretty good early in the piece, but of course they fell away. And my last guy is a guy that I have mentioned uh, before earlier in the show. Uh, Sutton Smith at uh, NIU uh, had 10 total, eight solo Two sacks and three and a half for a loss. Uh, he was a wrecking ball in the second half, so uh,
1: a good performance by him. Okay, for the last time this year, I am going to have a quick look at the Aussies in action.
0: I'll so- try not to interrupt
1: you. <laughs> that would as be appreciated. I you. <laughs> Thank you. So we had uh, four Aussies playing in championship games across the weekend. And if I've missed anyone, please let me know. But as far as I'm aware, we had Ryan Buczewski at Texas. who's had a great year there. Freshman season. He's going to be the next powerhouse there.
0: Ooh, gee, cool, Matt. He's going to follow uh, uh
1: Dixon. Dixon. Yep. Uh, he's, he's got a bright future ahead of him. So looking forward to seeing that play out. I'm sure he's having a great time in Austin. Uh, we had... <laughs> Mitch Wisnowski at Utah, who is in the running for the Ray Guy Award, Uh, absolutely killing it this year, has already won it twice before, the dude's going pro, he had four punts, 169 yards, 42.3, those numbers are probably down for him, but... He's so super consistent and amazing at what he does. He'll get picked up by an NFL team, I'm assuming. He'll get a yeah, Cam. He'll get a Cam. It would not surprise me to see him get drafted. We might see the Buccaneers trade up in the third round and take him. You're a, him dickhead. a-, you're it's a just, dickhead. It seems Do to be we won delayed. today.
0: Don't take the shine off this. We won. Okay. We had to pick Cam Newton off four times, and we just won by a touchdown. But we
1: won. Yeah, and now you're dropping back in the draft. It's not good. You might not get your boy, Midge. Oh, <sighs> We've got uh, Kirk Christadolu at Pitt, who's had a a really good year, too. He had a good game. He had nine uh, punts on the weekend, which is busy. Uh, An average of 42.4, which is is awesome. And Reese Burns probably had his best game of the year at the Ragin' Cajuns. They went down, but he had three punts, averaging 47.3. That is a good day. Which is excellent for him, and he's another young lad who's only going to get better.
0: Okay, and good day for the Aussies. We of course still have to follow them in their bowl game pursuits, uh, in towards the end of the season. All right, bold prediction time. William, did you wash out or did you Heisman? Well, I. Well, you don't know yet. Actually, you yours got some time to run.
1: I, I think. It? Well, it's it depends on how we want to call this because I said that one of the four superstar transcendent quarterbacks. Transcendent Wow that's a big cool. They're superstars mate uh, I said one oh. of them Would get knocked out Of the game And their place In the college football Playoff would be in doubt
0: So we can safely say That Dwayne Haskins Is okay
1: Yeah I mean They're all okay Obviously it's, Tua. it's Tua Who was the other one? Uh, Trevor Lawrence.
0: Trevor Lawrence is also fine Maybe he's he a haircut
1: But yeah But Tua got hurt
0: He did get hurt And he did get Knocked out of the game
1: And he was under the knife
0: And there is some doubt. They're calling it a high ankle sprain or a sprained ankle, I think, and maybe, they've said two weeks.
1: They have said two weeks, so that kind of gets him in, but that's as good as it gets, right? There's doubt.
0: I mean, I'm impressed. I didn't actually think about it, but you were quietly sitting on this and really happy with it.
1: Obviously. So it took to the last
0: week of the year for you to get your bold prediction.
1: I am a showman. I, I like to build things up. And we need then, that
0: little, you've you got to press the button, mate, for that sound so you can get the sound going.
1: Yeah, well, you get that mixer coming in and <laughs> next year, a little, little bit of a teaser into what we've got in store for our listeners next year. Oh, definitely. Wow. So I'm happy with that. I'm going to claim it. I finally got one. All it took was some poor kid to get hurt and have to have <laughs> surgery, but
0: beauty. <laughs> well done. That is one to you, two to me. Yes, what you- Well, we can make a bo- we can make a bowl season prediction. We can, well, we can some definitely. To, yeah, got some time to catch up. Maybe not UCF as much as you thought you were. All right, my one was that the favourites would shine. I was looking all good. Actually, I wasn't because the first game of the weekend was Buffalo to win and they lost, and they shouldn't have. Uh, so Buffalo lose, Middle Tennessee lose, and Boise State lose, which means I miss again. Yep. Uh, so that's a bit of a disappointing finish for me. I wasn't particularly creative. That was the issue. Got to get more creative. Yeah, guys. I think
1: so, mate. But that's, that's all right. That's part of We've got a whole off-season to work on this game, too.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, there'll be some bold stuff in the bowl games, I think. Bold bowl games. Get, okay. Getting ready for it. All right, on the punt, uh, how did we go this week, William?
1: Well, this is uh, disappointing, disappointing this week because you've been so good for us the last couple of weeks and we finally came crashing back to earth.
0: Well... I didn't start, say, multiing all these together and all that kind of stuff.
1: No, no, that's me playing my own game. But even for for our listeners out there, you gave out four picks uh, and ten units. Uh, In the end, we lost a half unit. So really saved the day with Ohio State putting it on towards the end there and Clemson getting the job done down the stretch. So both of those teams probably could have put it away at that point, but... Good for them, getting after it, getting us our money. Uh, look, in my eyes, minus half a unit is pretty good. <laughs> if I'd only taken that each week this year, then I'd be sitting a lot prettier than I am. So, you know. I
0: did also have those bonus bets. Washington to cover, which they did. Boise State missed. I yeah. Disappointing Because I feel like we were in all of these until we weren't... And I know that's how gambling works, but it was a bit disappointing because I felt like we had a chance on all of them.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. I think you've done a good job, but it's probably time for this superstar to do a bit of research. Oh. I'm going to go away. I'm going gonna, gonna to hit the book. I'm going to hit the numbers. Here we
0: go. See, this is the issue. He's going to get the numbers involved, and
1: it's... 100%. If there's anything that Vegas has taught me, it's that the numbers work because it's not a game played between people. Somehow did you look at those lines again? That one point line they had with Middle Tennessee and UAB and that was what, two, two points the way or yeah. like just they're they're so crazy good. So don't tell me that this is a game played by adolescents <laughs> and anything can happen on any day because these guys know what the fuck's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I just gotta get in on that. I gotta so find out that there's formula. like a
0: secret a little wait what is that like the family guy episode where they go and find the origin of jokes
1: I don't know what that is, but oh, yeah. Come on, you
0: must have seen that. You've watched all this shit. Yeah, you're right. But like, know. I've what, so you also st- taken a few hits to the head. Do <laughs> so you think we've got to get to Vegas and find the origin of all the betting lines? It's just like monkeys sitting around? Or it's not something. Monkeys, like yeah, robots.
1: manatees.
0: Yeah, wasn't it? They made another... A South Park, family, that no, one. A South Park reference. Yeah. Mediocre. All right. That brings us to the end of our penultimate show for the year. Uh, again, as always, make sure you do hit us up on Twitter and on Instagram at College Football Down Under. Please also make sure you tell all your friends about us. If it's the last thing you do, make it your New Year's resolution. You know, before the work show, you know, breaks up for the year, maybe say, "Hey, you know, get on board this." You we'll won't hear them. You, you won't hear this for another little bit but you should go back and listen to a whole bunch of reviews of games that have already happened
1: and listen to this really badass podcast with these two hilarious dudes yeah. and i just love college football now so you should do it too exactly. some, something of that nature uh I mean, and seriously please send us through some feedback if you can hit us up on twitter uh instagram direct message us whatever it is we would love to hear it we really welcome it we want to kind of grow this thing and, and take on board anything that people have we want to take things to another level next year, get a few more people involved, try and get some interviews. I don't know what, let us know what you want to hear so that we can bring that to you.
0: We'd love to get in touch with a couple of the Aussie boys over there. Um, you know, uh, it would be fantastic to get a couple of a couple of those guys on the blower and, and have a chat to them about their experience over there as well. Shout out to Pete Schneider, uh, big fan of the show. So thank you for that. Uh, Anyway, make sure you do get in touch and leave us those reviews on your on iTunes or your podcast of choice. After all that, my name is still Aaron, that guy over there's name is still Will, and we will see you next time.